0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Nick from the Marlins Catch podcast. Make sure to follow us at Marlins Catch on Twitter and Instagram. For more Marlins content, check out our website at themarlinscatch.com. The Marlins Catch podcast is sponsored by the Baseball Podcast Network, and you can follow the Baseball Podcast Network on following platforms: Instagram, Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter, Baseball Podcast One (without the T). YouTube and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. You can listen to the Marlin's Catch Podcast Live on BlogtalkRadio.com or download the Marlins Catch Podcast on the Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the show. Gracias. Guys, to episode number five of the Marlins Catch podcast, I am Nick, aka Marlins News, back here again. Going here by Barry.
2: Hi, guys. Welcome to the show, and we got an exciting show for you this evening. Nick, go ahead and introduce our first guest.
1: All right, guys. So without further ado, we are going to bring on Marlins starting pitcher Pablo Lopez. Pablo, take it away.
3: Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. How's everything going?
1: Hey, Pablo. It's great to have you finally on here. We've been talking for a while.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we have. So, thanks for the opportunity, man.
1: Of course, of course. You know, we're happy that you're here on the Marlins. Uh, You were a great addition to us back in 2017, and it's just great to have you on here.
3: Thank you, man. Baseball season, it's upon us, man. Can't
1: pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't wait for the season. And uh, Pablo, I know you are busy as well. So we are actually going to go jump into the first question here. Pablo, of course, landing on the DL last season with the shoulder injury he was definitely a uh, setback. But this you had this whole off season to recover, get stronger on that shoulder. How have you been? Can we getting a little bit of an update here on how everything's going.
3: Yeah, man. You know, like that's not the way you want a season to end. Uh Pretty sad about it, but at the same time, gives you plenty of time to get ready. Like, it gives you, like, time to, like, have a fresh start, get ready, get stronger, get smarter. get smarter. So it gave me plenty of time, went through my rehab process, and everything's been going smoothly, man. Like, we're just now in the final stages, and reporting to camp soon, and just like excited to be back in the, on the field soon with the boys.
2: Good. Well, we're glad to hear that good news, that's for sure. Anyways, you're from <laughs> uh, Venezuela, Pablo. And I know there's some great baseball down in Venezuela. Some great players that are coming up to the to the Major League Baseball circuit and, and the show. And uh, could you tell me the differences from playing ball there rather than playing ball in the MLB?
3: Yeah, I mean, like differences between Venezuelan winter ball and you know the, the the MLB here. Like, first of all, like you're in your like. For me, like I play, uh, I'm with a team uh, where I grew up, so that's always like that's like so, that's such a great feeling, and I feel like the environment, like people get, like get real into it, like it's screaming, it's loud, nonstop, and it's like a like it's two different worlds, you know, like there's obviously excitement, there's obviously obviously like a lot of. Uh, competition going on, very competitive. Uh, like, at the, same ta- at the same time, you're just, like, focusing on the same goal. Like, just you and the catcher, the guys, like, backing you up, and you try you give it your best every time. Mm-hmm.
1: And, Pablo, another question here. When you actually got the call to get called up to the Moans, uh, what were the thoughts running through your head? Like, what was your reaction initially getting that call up to come play for the Fish in the Majors?
3: oh man it was just crazy you know like um I was pitching that day and after 17 pitches like I get pulled out of the game and I was like okay so I guess I'm having a short start like inning I start controlling my innings like my pitch count you know like things like that just like um small things but mm-hmm. then it happened to be like a big news and I was like starstruck like I wasn't expecting that and then just a happy moment, you know, like finally having the opportunity to give my dad a phone call about, like, getting called up was, like, a really emotional moment that I was lucky enough to share with my family, man.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. All right, let me jump in here with a question for you, Pablo. Uh, You play for Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's not there yet, and someday I know he will be. But what is it really like playing for Don Mattingly and his coaching staff, and how have they helped you adjust to the big league game? How have they helped you along the way during the season?
3: You know, like, um, they're all great, especially with, like, a young team like the Marlins right now. I feel like they do the job, like, the way that needs to be done. Like, they have the patience to teach us like how to um, how to do the things, but at the same time they teach us like a winning culture, like a winning mindset. Like, yeah, we want you guys to like feel comfortable here, but at the same time, we're going to go at it like in our minds, we're going for the World Series, you know, and like they make you feel comfortable, they lead you to things, like they always, they're always trying to lead you in the right way of things, like they try to teach you everything the right way, they, they teach you how to play, they teach you how to how to be smart about, like, how to be baseball smart. Like, with so many resources nowadays, and the Marlins, they provide us with all of that just, like, to get ready. Like, if we, if we can have an advantage to prepare to get ready, like, we'll take in. They'll teach us to us, and it's amazing. Like, they, it's a great chemistry trade vibe.
1: Yeah, Pablo, definitely bouncing off that. The Marlins are a very young team, and we know that you are definitely a huge piece of the future for this team. We know the team definitely has the talent to compete in the near future. But Pablo, a question for you here. Um, another question here. When what were, you, what were your thoughts about the new uniforms you got this off season? The new logo, the new uniforms, the new stadium renovations. Let's get your thoughts on that.
3: Oh, love it, man! Like logo and uniforms. Love the colors. Love, love what what they bring. You know, like you can see the marley, you can see the fish a little better. Um, you have like on the hand, you can see it has more texture to it. I like the blue and the red; I feel like they're very vibrant. Expresses more about like what Miami is about. Um, I like the uniforms. I think the white one's my favorite. Like, uh, with like the blue at the same time. Uh, ballpark. I haven't seen. I'm. I haven't really seen it at all. Like, I've seen a little bit. See like those sneak peeks and stuff. Like, I feel like it looks great. Like. I love the blue walls. I feel like they make great contrast with everything.
1: Yeah, Pablo, I definitely love the black ones the most, in my opinion. I was actually um, (laughs)
3: thinking
1: about getting a new jersey there, because I do like the black ones a lot. They definitely bring out the the Miami colors. And the white one, I can't argue with
2: that one. I think the white one is very very Miami, and I really like it. Um,
1: Barry, you have a question? Yeah,
2: Yeah, well, I'm going to go right to the home run statue. Uh, Did you like it out there? You're going to miss it? Are you glad that it's gone?
3: (laughs) You know, man, like, it was different. Like, um, I had seen it, like, on TV, like, highlight reels, even on, like, playing the show on PS4. The moment I see it in real life, first I realized it was huge. Second, I realized it was all, like, metal. Like, when a ball hits, it was so loud. Like well, I don't know what I was thinking. It was made up, but the moment I realized it was old metal, I, I was like, "Well, that's really that's really loud, and it's really interesting when you look close to it." But I feel like what they did with it, like they're gonna put it like out um, outside somewhere, so we're we're still gonna have it. And the standing mm-hmm. room idea, I think it's pretty clever. You know, like it's tr- it's, it's true what they say. Like there are always people uh, walking on the concourse, things like that. People that want to be standing, so. Standing room makes sense, and I feel I feel I think it's going to be a good addition to the ballpark.
2: Yeah, well, I per- personally, how- I yeah. I missed the statue being in there. Uh, I I thought it was an iconic uh, thing that they did, but on, as far as I'm concerned, you know, as long as we still have it, we have it. But my personal thoughts, I would rather have had it on the inside where it was. It was just part of the Marlins' history, and that's yeah. history is what we grow up with, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh,
2: anyways, I want I want, to, I want to ask you a question here. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you got traded from the Marlins to Miami? Uh,
3: from Seattle, you say?
2: Yeah, from the Mariners. The Mariners. Um, you know, like
3: so I was I was signed by Seattle Seattle when I was just 16 years old. So there was obviously like a lot of feelings that I um that I had that I still have for Seattle. You know, like, they were the ones who opened me the doors to be part of, like, professional baseball, and that's something I will forever be grateful. Like, they taught me so much. Like, they led me in so many good ways to uh, get closer to be the pitcher that I am today. So, yeah, I mean, like, obviously there there were a lot of emotions going on at the time, but, you know, when one door closes, many doors open, and it turned out to be, like, a great opportunity and I couldn't be happier about it.
1: Yeah, Pablo, definitely. Seattle definitely gave you the big break. Uh, you know, the Mariners are definitely a, a great franchise, but, you know, everyone was very ecstatic when we knew that you were coming down to Miami. It was just it was great news. Going back to what you said about, uh, you know, seeing the statue on MLB The Show, I do have to relate a little bit because I do play – I am a PS4 user myself, and I do play MLB The Show a lot, and that's how I kind of look at the stadium, is – pretty funny how you uh brought that up <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah. next, but uh next pablo i want to get your thoughts about the team coming into the season like do you think the boys are ready to go spring training just around the corner pitchers and catchers reports in 10 days so i know you got to get up there in jupiter and get going there so i just want to get your thoughts on the, what's going on with the team are they ready to go
3: yeah, man. I feel like everyone, like everyone's gonna be excited. Everyone's gonna be ready to go, man. Like everyone's hungry. Like we're hungry to compete. We're hungry to get better. We're hungry to be out on the field and leave everything on it. And it's gonna be exciting. Like I'm, I'm going I get to see the guys. Some of the, uh, I'll, i get, I'll get to see the guys on fan fest. That's gonna be exciting. And then just like get ready to get going uh, next week. Like ten days, like you said, 10, 9 days. Yeah, man, it's here, and we're going to be ready.
2: Well, good. We're glad, glad you're going to be ready, and uh, we're rooting for you and the whole team. Um, I know you grew up on Venezuelan food. <clears throat> What's your favorite restaurant here? Uh, how do you compare the multicultural foods in this area to the Venezuelan foods?
3: You know, I went to this place. It's called Doggies um Arepa Bar and it's on Biscayne Boulevard and I thought like it was like super good. Like it was authentic, the texture, the flavors, how it tasted. I thought it was super good, you know, like like an amazing thing about Miami, about Florida. Like it's so like there's so many people from different countries, like so many cultures and so many good places to it, man. So that's something I really enjoy.
2: Well, good. We're glad you enjoy it. So can you give me uh, several Venezuelan restaurants that you think I might enjoy?
3: You well, go to there's me definitely, too. there's definitely doggies, arepa bar. Um, there's one called sabor venezolano, which would be basically like Venezuelan flavor. That one's good. There's one called amaze. Like they do everything with like corn. And I think, like, that one's really good. And I, 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 I go to that one a lot because there's these things made out of corn. They're called cachapas, and they put, like, really good cheese on it, and it's really good. So I think those, those are my top three.
2: Wow. Well, I haven't That's had the, the Internet yet, Pablo. I'll tell you the truth. I'm getting hungry just by what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: No, Pablo. Definitely, Miami is known for their cultural food down here. That that's one of the great best things about Miami. You come down here, you get all these different kind of food where you really can't get anywhere else. Uh, Pablo, I do have a question. When you came to the mall, and can you tell me who was the first player on the team or staff member? Doesn't matter. Any like the first player on the team that you spoke to when you first came in, stepped stepped through the doors in Miami.
3: Um. So last year when we went to Fancy, the first player I talked to, because that was like my first time being surrounded by the guys. And Mm -hmm. Martin Prado and Miguel Rowe, like they came straight to me and other young guys. So like that made me feel comfortable right away. Like, yeah, you know, like surrounded by these guys, but like they know how everything works. So from the get-go, they try to make me and the other guys comfortable. Uh, They were like giving us, plenty of advices, how things needed to be done. Like, if we needed something, do not hesitate to ask them or any staff member. Like, everyone's just, like, very helpful. So that, that made it, like, easy and made it a lot more fun, you know, because like, you're out there with your friends, not just your team. It's, like, your friends, your family. You spend so much time with them. Like, it's a family. And so, like, we have fun, man. Like, it's, it's, it's a great thing when you go to the field. And you feel like you're having fun. Like you want to be with your teammates. You want to be with them. Like you spend so much time with them. And when you get to like enjoy that, have fun, it's a great thing. Mhm.
1: Yeah, and for sure because you know Captain Pratt, You know he's always he's always out there controlling the team. He's the captain of the squad here, and he's a big veteran. Same thing yeah. with Miggy Rowe playing shortstop for all those years. It's great to have someone over there to help you out with all that stuff. Uh, Pablo, I do, have no more. I do have one last question. I think Barry has one right after me, but um, Pablo, I'm gonna ask you: Will we see you at Fan Fest this Saturday? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Fan Fest is a very good, great event for all the fans to come out to, and you know we're very excited. Me and Barry both will be there, so we are very much looking forward to seeing you there. Barry, I know you do have a, another question to ask.
2: Yeah, one last question. I, it sounds like you're pretty close to uh, Prado. Uh, he had the injury bug, of course. How how's he doing? Have you spoke, spoken to him during the off season? And uh, is he is he ready to go?
3: Nah, I haven't really spoke to him. Like I remember seeing him like one time, but like you know, like the great thing, like I admire Pratt, Pratt because of like his work ethic. Like no matter what, like he's always trying to get better in so many different ways. Not just getting better by like the things he does, but like how he leads us. Like, he, he he doesn't just, like, give you advice. Like, he talks to you. Like, he tries to, like, pick your brain and get to know you. And, you, you know, like, you never know. You might end up teaching him something. And it's just, like, back and forth knowledge. Like, that's the good thing with him. Like, he's got so much knowledge. And the way he prepares, the way he works, like, I'm sure he's going to be ready to go. Just, like, how I know he works, how he goes about his business, like, He's, like, a fantastic role model for young players.
2: Well, good. That's a great thing to hear. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I want to wish you the best for the new season coming up. I know you're you. a Thank big you. part of the, the future of the Marlins, and uh, I know at one point you're going to be a leader in this uh, clubhouse, and you'll be taking the reins being the star pitcher that we know you're going to be.
3: Thank you, man. That, that really means a lot.
1: No problem, Pablo. And we know that, you know, coming in here, this is a great thing you did. Great to have an interview with you to get to know you a lot more. And just like I said previously before that, we, you know, we've been talking for a while. It's finally great to get you on the podcast here. And we wish you nothing but the best. We know you're going to do great things this year. I can't wait to see you at FanFest. I can't wait to see you at spring training. And I just can't wait to see you in the season. And uh, yeah, man. thank you, Pablo, for coming on. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Man so long. Thank you. All right, Pablo. Take care. Bye. Uh, you too. Okay, guys, that was just Pablo Lopez. But before we get into Chris O'Grady, while we wait for Chris O'Grady, we are going to head into break real fast. Uh, we'll be right back.
0: This week on FanCast, we will be discussing Phillies baseball and discuss Philly's Phillies' involvement in free agency. Throughout the course of Odubel Herrera's career, he's shown both flashes of greatness and mental incapacity on the baseball field. This week, Coy and I will predict which Odubel we'll see more of this year. We will also be discussing the serious report regarding Phillies skipper Gabe Kapler and how he reportedly failed to report an assault at a Dodgers Spring Training Hotel in 2015 to stay on the West Coast. We will tell you why the Padres are not a team to be worried about in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. With with the, continuing our segment on breakout players of the week, Koi and I will tell you why only three players made the top 100 list in the Phillies it is not as big a deal as you think. All this and more in the newest episode of FanCast.
1: Okay, guys, we are back from that short break. And we are ready for Chris O'Grady, former Mullen pitcher. And Chris O'Grady, just come right in. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Chris, doing fantastic, Chris.
2: Glad to have you on our show.
1: Thanks for having me. All right. All right, Chris, so we're going to jump right into the questions here. You are originally from New York. And when you were a little kid, what was your favorite team as a kid? And what team did you want for when you were up?
4: Oh man, I grew up in—I grew up 20 miles uh, north of Yankee Stadium, so I grew up, grew up in the pinstripes, you know. Always wanted to be a Yankee, mm-hmm. so having Derek Jeter as my boss for a while was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Johnny is pretty cool
2: to play for, isn't
4: he? Oh, it's unbelievable. He's a great guy to uh, play under. Great manager.
2: Good. Well, let me ask you a question here, uh, uh, Chris. You attended Carston High School, uh, and uh, you played baseball and football there. You were a quarterback at one time. Uh, unfortunately, I was. pardon me.
4: I said, yeah, I was.
2: Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, you you tore three ligaments in your right knee, which resulted in you missing the season, of, uh, your season's, uh senior season. Uh, how long did it take for you to recover, and what was the reason, or basically, is that the reason that you decided to play baseball full-time? Uh, well,
4: I, I always knew I was a little better at baseball. I mean, I was pretty good at both, but baseball was really um, definitely my go-to sport. Um, you know, I actually planned on playing football in college as well. I had a couple of uh, scholarships ready to go, baseball and football, so I was going to be a a multi-sport athlete in college, and then, you know, once the knee injury happened, football was pretty much out the window, and uh, actually, right after it it happened, they didn't even know if I would be able to play baseball again, so, you know, just being able to get back to that and do anything, really, I was ecstatic.
2: Yeah, I know about injuries, Mm -hmm. I had a knee injury when I was in high school as well, so, Yeah, man, it it was really a downer for me, I could tell you that.
4: Yeah, yeah, not fun. It took me, I got, you know, the knee injury happened my second game of my senior year in football, so it was early September, and I actually, the rehab went very well. I had a very good surgeon and good therapist and stuff like that, so I ended up coming back a lot sooner than everyone thought. I ended up pitching two innings at the very end of my uh, senior year of high school, which was great. Um, I got to come in one of the last games and struck out the side so you know it was pretty much a storybook ending to uh, come back like that and then get to go off to college and play so worked out well haven't had a problem with the knee since
2: I bet that made the scouts take notice didn't they
4: yeah yeah it was uh it was funny actually because you know the I was playing in a, a travel baseball league at the same time as my football season and uh, I had a couple college coaches to come watch me Saturday morning pitch, and you know, so Friday night when I when I hurt my knee, I showed up to the next showed up to the game the next day on crutches and saw about three or four college coaches kind of looking at me funny, like what's going on here. So, you know, I, I did have a couple scholarships that no longer were offered to me. You know, a couple colleges didn't want, really want to take the chance. Um, on my recovery, but luckily George Mason, George Mason was more than willing and it uh, worked out great. You know, my brother was pitching there at the time, so I got to spend uh, three or four years
1: in college with my older brother, which was great. Yeah, speaking of George Mason University, uh, when you were playing uh, did you think you had to get to the major league because you're pitching in college and, like, you know, you're trying to get better every single day. Did you think you had it, what it takes to get to the MLB and get drafted?
4: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, even in high school, I, w- I was getting recruited a little bit by some pro scouts. Um, you know, who knows if, if the knee injury never happened, I there was a chance I would have got drafted out of high school, but, you know, and I, I'm almost, I, it's hard to say I'm glad that it happened, but, you know, I'm happy with how everything turned out, you know, so who knows what would have happened if, if I had never hurt my knee, could have went to a different college and, and who knows what would have happened, you know? No, no saying I would have made it to the big leagues then. So, you know, I'm happy with the way things turned out. Uh, I think it put a lot of things in perspective for me. It made me appreciate baseball a lot more, not being able to play and not knowing if I was going to be able to play again. So, you know, not a, I wouldn't change a thing, actually.
1: Yeah, Chris, definitely. Okay. It's all it matters is that you got drafted, right? You know, the same – it could have been a different route, could have ended in a different outcome, like you said. And at least you got drafted and you were playing major league ball and that's all, that's all I can. Absolutely.
2: Now the Angels, uh, they drafted you uh, in the tenth round of the two thousand and twelve draft. Uh, what was your first thought once you found out you were drafted?
4: Oh man, that was that was the best day of my life up until you know the day I got got the call to go to the big leagues. But that was unbelievable. You know, I had my whole family there, and and it's funny how it worked out because um, with the way the draft works they did the first 10 rounds or they did the first two rounds, the first all I think. And then, so on day two of the draft, they did, you know, rounds two through 10 or three through 10. And, you know, the angels were calling me in like the eighth and ninth rounds saying, Hey, we're looking to take you in the 10th. So, which was the last round of the day, you know, and I had my family over and a bunch of friends coming over to celebrate. Cause we, you know, we knew when I was going to get drafted. We were just waiting to see when. Um, so the end of the day comes and, you know, it's, the tenth round, and now I got everyone at my house, and we're waiting to get the call. And then they call me saying that they might not take me in the tenth, and it, it would have just been, you know, kind of a downer, a little embarrassing to have everyone over ready to celebrate, and then it not happen until the next day. But it it worked out great. You know, we we were on the edge of our seats, and we didn't even know until they actually announced it over the the podcast they were doing for the draft. And you know, my whole family just went crazy. It was amazing. I have a video of it and everything, so it's it worked out really well.
1: Mm -hmm, For sure. And another thing here, when the Marlins actually took you in, you signed a minor league deal with Miami on May 4th, 2017. What was your first thought about going to the Marlins organization?
4: Well, I was excited. I mean, to be honest, I I was very shocked when I got uh, let go by the angels because I had actually had one of my best, probably my best spring training of my career. You know, I pitched really well in, in, uh, camp over there didn't give up any runs um only three hits all spring stuff like that so you know I I was pretty shocked when they they let me loose so um you know I I came home to Arizona for a few weeks and when I finally got the call that I was going over to Miami I couldn't have been more excited you know I knew a couple people over here I know Mattingly's the manager stuff like that you know so it, it was great it was a really good opportunity for me and Really, that's exactly what I thought I needed was just a new team because I felt like I would proved myself enough with the Angels, but, you know, sometimes certain organizations are looking for different things, and it uh, turns out I just need to get with the right organization because, you know, two months later I was in the big leagues, so it worked out great.
2: Well, if you look back a little bit in history, uh, there was a Rule 5 draft, and uh, Cincinnati had taken you, but you didn't make the team. They sent you back to the Angels. If you are anybody or in or, or any, any in any way like me you, you got to say to yourself okay I didn't make it here but I'm going to prove my my myself to everyone uh, that they made a mistake and I'm going to come out of the gun sm- out of the gate smoking and uh, they're going to regret it did you feel the same way
4: Oh absolutely you know it kind of lit a fire under me a little bit cuz You know, it was a good thing because, one, I I knew that, hey, there's teams out there that that do want me in the big leagues or think that I can be in the big leagues right now. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't happen with Cincinnati. It came right down to the last cut. But, you know, it made me just think, like, hey, you know, I'm that close right now, uh, so I'm not going to give up. And, you know, I'm right there. And it's actually a funny story that you mentioned that because um, I was actually looking at your guys' page the other day. I saw you had Dan Straley on here a few weeks ago.
2: Yes, we did. Mm -hmm, Yeah.
4: Yeah, so it's really funny because, you know, Dan, being an older guy, veteran, kind of mentored me a little bit when I got up to Miami. Um, so, you know, I was very thankful to have him there. He helped me out a lot. And But it was funny. We ended up finding out that that year, I think two years ago, when I was with Cincinnati for spring training, I made it all the way to the last cut. Um, you know, I actually thought I was going to make the team. And then uh, – on the, one of the last days of spring training, all my, all my gear and my clothes for the season were already in Cincinnati. We were getting on a plane the next day. So I, w- I was pretty sure I was making the team. And they called me in the very last day and said, hey, you know, unfortunately you didn't make it. Um, I would found out that they had ended up picking up another pitcher um, who had just opted out of a contract. And, you know, as soon as they grabbed him, they had to let me go. Um, you know, which happens, and then I came to find out that it was actually Strally that they had picked up that day. So wow. it all turned out that it was Strally that they picked up. So I got sent back to the Angels, but then here we are two years later, uh, pitching on the same staff, and he, he was really kind of a you know role model for me, being a veteran guy, and I was a rookie. So it, it was funny. We kind of we figured that one out, me and him, last season. I had a good laugh about it.
2: That's pretty crazy and getting because... very close together.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's a small world how that worked out, you know, it's
1: funny. It's crazy how, you know, Australia we had him on a couple of weeks ago and now you're on here and just you know you guys were both fighting for the same job, but it's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah it um, well, You know, I didn't yeah. know him at the time obviously, but I he ended up being
4: you know, a really good really good uh friend of me when I got to Miami, so that was funny.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, Chris, I know you know this date, July 8th, 2017. I think you know what that date is. The day you were called up to the show, what was your reaction to getting called up, knowing that, yo, I fulfilled my dream, I'm here in the majors, I'm about to be pitching against an actual major league lineup? How did that make, how did that make you feel? What was your reaction to that?
4: Yeah, I mean, it really was just a dream come true. You know, I've been wanting to have that happen my entire life. You know, ever since I started playing baseball when I was young. So when I finally got the phone call a few nights before, it was just, you know, pretty much my whole whole life kind of flashed before my eyes. You know, everything that I'd worked for was finally uh, finally working out the way I wanted. And, you know, first thing I did was just call my, my wife and all my family and stuff, and we all got to celebrate on the phone. And, you know, then they all flew out two days later to come watch. So it it, it was a dream come true. It was the best thing ever. You know, it was a, unbelievable.
2: Well, your your first start as a Marlin came at the expense of Edinson Volquez, who was placed on the DL. That was a Saturday game. Donnie Baseball mm-hmm. was your manager. Uh, what did he tell you prior to the game?
4: Yeah, I mean, that was, he called me in the office, you know, when I first showed up to the park out in San Fran and sat down with him and just, said, you know, we're excited to have you here and Talked about the kind of pitcher I am and, and the way I like to work and, and just you know a few things I needed to know and think about and stuff like that. But you know it was all very, very exciting and, and you know they were just glad to have me there. And you know unfortunately it did come as a uh, because of an injury. But you know those things happen,
1: so it was uh, it was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris, of course, Miami you know the mall of course being held in miami is a multi-culture community could you see yourself coming back to miami sometime in the near future hopefully getting a deal here oh
4: absolutely i loved it i loved it in miami you know um especially where the the direction that the organization's going in right now you know i think they're just really going up right now so i had a great Mm -hmm. time while i was there um you know unfortunately my injury happened and And I am a free agent at the moment because, you know, my contract ended at the end of the season. So, uh, but no, I could definitely see myself um, going back to Miami. I'd love to go back there. You know, I I loved all the guys there and the the coaches and and just really everybody, the whole organization. So, you know, I actually just started throwing the ball again for the first time today, uh, five months after my surgery. So, who knows? You know, I could end up back there in a year.
2: Could you see Chris, yourself making yeah. Miami a, a, your home in the future, even if you weren't playing for the Marlins?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's a great place to live, you know. Um, I moved out to Arizona a few years ago basically to get out of the cold and moved out here when I was with the Angels, so it worked out with spring training. But absolutely, I mean, I have a lot of a lot of friends and family in, in Florida, and I loved my time there, so I could ac- absolutely see myself being there again.
1: And Chris, going back to you know being you being a free agent right now, uh, how do you, you know, working on the mound, getting coming back from that surgery was definitely you know it's a big hill to climb over. How do you, you know, present yourself now and try to get try to get another team to pick you up?
4: Well, right now you just gotta, just gotta give it time and you know not not giving up hope. You know I've been through this before with my knee. Um, you know I had doctors tell me that I wouldn't even pitch again and. You know, here I am six years, seven years, eight years later and having a year and a half in the big leagues. So, you know, obviously I've proved a lot of people wrong. And I know I can do it again. You know, um, injuries happen. I'm not the only person to happen for this to happen to. And, you know, I just got to keep my head up, do my rehab, uh, get better every day. And, you know, when the time comes, start uh, hopefully we'll be off in a mound in about three months from now and about two months after that should be ready to go so you know it's not this season is not even over for me yet it's uh, as long as my rehab goes well I could potentially sign with the team towards the end of the season so we'll see but uh, I'm excited to see what happens you know anything can happen I'd absolutely plan on pitching in the big leagues again
2: and we look forward to seeing you in the big leagues that's for sure uh, I really loved watching you pitch for the Marlins I every time you got on that mound, I got really excited I have to tell you
4: Thank you, I appreciate that.
1: Um um I got one more question for you, Chris, here. Uh after the twenty eighteen season uh actually yeah, after twenty eighteen season, again, you know, going back to the injury, how did you did you know that you were did you kinda of speculate that you were on your way out of Miami or did you think that there was a chance that you would be signed?
4: Well, you know, unfortunately with the injury, um I knew, you know, with the, I had to labor and tear and I know kind of, you know, with that injury, that's, that's about a year recovery. And knowing that my contract was over at the end of the season, you know, unfortunately I, I know the way the business works and I, I, I didn't think I would be back this year just because of the injury. Um, and, you know, I don't blame them for that. You know, they, the way they're going right now, they need, they need guys on that can play. And right now I unfortunately mm-hmm. can't pitch. So. But, like I said, you know, I I could end up there at the end of the season or next year or uh, any year to come, you know, so who knows.
2: Well, we certainly look forward to seeing you in a Marlins uniform again. And uh, I know it's going to happen, and I know Nick feels the same way. So we want to definitely wish you the best of uh, luck on your recovery there. And uh, you're in for some good times coming up once you get past this injury bug.
4: Thank you guys very much. I do appreciate that.
1: Alright, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on again, taking the time tonight and we really appreciate you appreciate it and we uh wish you luck in the future and hopefully we see you on the opening we'll be we you on the opening day roster on uh coming April, hopefully we see you on a roster. Alright, thanks
4: a lot guys, thanks for having me.
1: Alright Chris, take care. Bye. Alright guys, that was just Chris O'Grady, uh great guy to talk to. Really up and fun guy. Uh, hopefully we see him in the Miami uniform again. Definitely was a great pitcher here for us. We're definitely gonna miss him. Um, Barry, I know you, you were talking about. Uh, well, we were talking about before spring training, how that's coming up, and Pablo over there. Hopefully we could see him uh, down there. But you know, if you guys want to get tickets to spring training, uh, it's just very easy. Go to barnyard.com. And No, not Barnyard. That's com, And get 10% off on all events with the promo code BPN10. That's right. You guys head over to Stubyard. Any event, baseball, whatever it is, you get 10% off your all events with the promo code BPN10. Make sure you guys head over to that. But, Barry, I just want to roll into our next topic. Uh, Definitely another thanks to Pablo and, of course, Chris coming on tonight. Both great dudes. Look forward to seeing them pitch in the future. Uh, Barry, I want to shift gears again. I know we talked about this last week. JT Real Muto has still not been traded. He's still in a Marlins uniform. Um, little do we know, only God knows if he will be here next season. I mean, he, yeah, of course. And he may be traded this coming week. We do not know what's going on. We know there's four teams left. The Reds, the Padres, uh, the Dodgers, and of course the Braves. And, you know, being in, being in, uh, situation right now. You got to feel for JT as his name is just swinging back and forth. You don't know what, he doesn't know where he's going. It's really up in the air for him. Uh, Barry, can we get your thoughts on the JT trade situation here? And do you think he'll be traded in the upcoming week? Where do you think he'll be traded? What do you think is going to happen?
2: Well, before we get into that, we got to take a commercial break. And we'll talk about that once we get back Hey, everybody.
5: Back Tune in this Wednesday. At 6 o'clock, to Pinstripe Talk, we break down everything going down in Yankee land that you, the fans, want to hear. We talk about position battles in the spring training, who's going to play first base. We talk about sophomore seasons for Miguel Andujar and Glaber Torres. We talk about how the rest of the American League East stacks up to the powerhouse Yankees. And we discuss all about the rest of the team, what they need to do to prepare for spring training, as well as free agency and if the Yankees need to sign any other starting pitchers, relief pitchers, or any other position players in general. Please listen in this Wednesday at 6 to Pinstripe Talk. See you there.
1: (laughs) I like that guy. But anyway, guys, we are back here. Uh, Barry, I did have that question for you, um, the J.T. Realmuto question, uh, if, you know, where he will be, when will he be traded. Barry, I'll let you just go in and answer that question real quick.
2: Well, that's going to really boil down to Derek Jeter. What, what does he want in return for J.T. Romuto?
5: Uh
2: He's a great catch for any team, excuse the pun there, as being a catcher there, but he would be a great catch for any organization that signs him. The question really boils down to who's willing to ante up to get JT Realmuto. It seems, unfortunately, that the Marlins have, I guess you could say, a reputation of giving away players in the league. And, uh, you know, nobody seems to want to ante up and give the price that the Marlins are asking for. Do they have to uh, lower their price at this particular point? Can they keep it high? Is somebody going to break the bank here for the Marlins? What's going to happen? It's all up in the air. But I think it's going to come down in the next couple of weeks that Muto is going someplace. I could see him going to the Dodgers still. I could see him going to, uh, to other teams as well. Uh, I think as far as I'm concerned, the Dodgers have more to offer than anybody else. So I would rank them number one at this particular point, And everybody else is tied for second.
1: Yeah, there have definitely been reports about him going to the Dodgers as well as the Reds, the Braves, and, of course, the Padres. Um, reports are, I can name some updated reports, that there is still no movement on either side. We don't even know where he he's going at this point. We all know that it's kind of like a three-way tie between the other teams trying to get him. Uh, we know they're in advanced stages with all of the teams, and the player names, a lot of them haven't come out yet. Uh, there's talks about Francisco Mejia, but then Miami came out and said that they're not, you know, ecstatic about trying to get him. They would rather get, of course, the young catcher from the Dodgers, from the farm system. But as of right now, there is no clear leader, no one is really leading the pack. Day uh, Two, Muto could potentially be going to spring training, and we could potentially be seeing him at FanFest this Saturday. Uh, if you guys don't know, FanFest is Saturday uh, from 3 to 7 this Saturday, so make sure you guys go. It is free admission. Uh, we will be there, both me and Barry, if you guys want to meet us. And, of course, uh, we will be going into detail on what's going on with that uh, later. But going back to Muto, there's really no clear leader. In my opinion, I kind of hope he does get traded in the near future, and I just think that there's so much value for him, and I just think that he, if the team steps up, it's going to have to be a good offer. I think Dellinger's kind of out. I know you keep thinking that, Barry, but I, I think that's kind of a 2% shot here. But at this point in time, I think Real Muto is is, it's been taking up the whole offseason. You know, no, no movement is happening. Machado and Harper are still not on team rimless has been holding up the whole thing and i'm i've been reading through comments and i'm seeing that oh jt's overrated and and he's not overrated he's you know i think in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinion he is the best catcher in baseball and i just you know it just kind of bugs me when i see that but yeah jt is there's no real uh favor as of now uh i know they are interested in maybe barnhart they do like Jonathan india i do like india as well uh Will Myers, he's been talking. It's it's really hard at this point. So, we are definitely going to keep you guys updated. If you guys want to get updated news about the Mullins, make sure you head over to my Instagram, Mullins underscore underscore news. Mullins double underscore news. Make sure you guys head over there. I usually post daily, but if not, I always post on my story of real, authentic Twitter accounts and reporters posting my story. I'm never late with that stuff. So, you guys definitely want to head over there. And definitely look at my story. I do post in there a lot, and I do have authentic um, Twitter accounts there. So you guys definitely want to check that out. Uh, going into the Fan Fest topic, it is this Saturday uh, from three to seven. Like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of stuff going on. Free admission and all that, and you get your ticket online or you can get it at the ballpark. It's at Marlins Park. You guys definitely do not want to miss it. They have a lot of stuff going on. Autograph sessions. Of course, you got to that Pablo will be there. So it's definitely intriguing. Uh, can't wait to see him there. Heard that Jeff Brigham is going to be there as well. Dan Straley. Basically, the whole Mullins roster will be there. And a lot of stuff's going on. A lot of autographs and stuff going on with that. Barry, you want to get your speculation on uh, FanFest coming up and you know all the details and everything that's going on with that?
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to Fan FanFest. Uh, went the last several years. It was a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of wonderful players. Uh, got to meet lots of great fans that are very enthusiastic about the Marlins, even though they're going through a rebuild phase. So I am definitely looking at uh, FanFest uh, Saturday as being a premier attraction for the Miami Marlins. And it's something, if you're in the area, you definitely do not want to miss.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, FanFest is definitely a huge thing. And I will be posting uh, stuff from FanFest. Saturday on my Instagram account. Don't forget to go over there, Mullen's double underscore news. So we are going to change here. We're going to go to uh, spring training a little bit here. Uh, Barry, I know you really are excited to attend some spring training games coming up this season. Um, you know, it's all the way in Jupiter for the Mullen games, and, and you know, we're very excited to see the guys play. Uh, Barry, I know I think you saw the, the hat for spring training. They had the fish coming out of it, the the new Mullen logo. Can I get your thoughts about the new spring training hat?
2: Hey, I, I saw it today. Uh, it's good. It's definitely good. It's not as good as the, uh, as the game day hats as far as I'm concerned, but I liked it. You know, it's up there, and uh, I think it's a good thing. And anyways, at this point, though, we have to take a moment and uh, pay our bills, so it's time for a commercial break.
6: Hey everybody! Make sure to tune into the next episode of um, the Amazing Mets Podcast. Um, we will be having it on Thursday at 7 p.m. as per usual. Um, we likely will have a relief pitcher, newly signed relief pitcher, Justin Wilson, on the show, but I cannot confirm that at this point. But we're trying to get that done. We will also talk about um, the Mets' continued pursuit, uh, late off-season pursuit of Gio Gonzalez, how that would impact the rotation, the current situation in the rotation, what to expect from Jason Vargas in in the next season, and we are going to have many other things to talk about with the Mets. Please make sure to tune in. You won't regret it. Thanks again.
1: Okay, guys, we are back here from the break. Um, we are actually going to shift gears here now. We are going to go into our greatest Mullins moments in history. Uh, Barry, I know you were uh, dying to get through this subject here, and we are just going to dive right in. I am actually going to go first with my greatest Mullins moment in history. And if you guys follow my Instagram, you know, I'm I uh, He's my, one of my favorite players of all time, uh, and it was kind of recent. Uh, yeah, so uh, my favorite moment in Mullen's history is when Dee Gordon hit that home run for Jose Fernandez on that Memorial Night. It was just an incredible moment. Uh, I was in tears, I know Barry was too. That moment was just incredible. It hit me in the heart, you know, because Dee Gordon, remember, did not have a home run in the season at all, and comes in and just hits a home run for Jose, and he was the first at-bat of the night against the Mets, Bartolome was on the mound. That is my greatest moment in Marlins history right there. Uh, Barry, I'll let you go into the uh, second
2: best. Well, I got to go right away to Game 7 of the 1997 World Series. Uh, to me, that was an epic game. Uh, when Council scored from third, He jumped on home plate with his fist up in the air in celebration. Uh, It was incredible. The jubilation. Renteria removed his helmet with tears in his eyes before touching first base, having hit a World Series winning walk-off single. That is by far the greatest moment, as far as I'm concerned, in Marlins history.
1: Did we lose
2: you, Nick? No, I'm here. You, you guys hear me, right? Oh, well, now we got you back.
1: Yeah. I was, <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, anyway, um, you do number two.
2: Seems like we got a little um, dead time here. The connection doesn't sound very well. You? Do we still have you, Nick? Yeah.
1: You, you guys don't hear me?
2: Now I'm hearing you.
1: Yes, it, okay, <laughs> Rob Barry, I'll let you go into this one while I restore my connection here.
2: All right, no problem. Uh, my second greatest moment is uh, 1993, thanks to H. Wayne Heizinga. He brought the expansion Miami uh, Florida Marlins team to uh, uh, to South Florida. If it wasn't for him, baseball would not be in South Florida. Uh, South Florida was actually looked at as a Grapefruit League area, and nobody had dared to even think about bringing baseball down to South Florida. But Wayne Huizenga, he took the initiative. He got the team down here. He did it all, and that's where Marlins history began. And I know for a fact that without H. H Wayne Huizenga, that the Marlins would never have been in South Florida he is a credit to our community. He brought the uh, the the show to South Florida. Nick, are you back again? Uh, do we have you, or do you?
1: <laughs> you guys hear me now? Or yeah,
2: we got you, buddy.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, guys, I'm, I'm gonna go dive into my second of all time. That is actually you know, I wasn't alive back then when the Florida Marlins actually won the World Series. I couldn't really think of great memories. Uh, back then, but I do got some now, and uh, my second greatest memory of all time, I think, was when in 2011, I believe, going to the Marlins versus Phillies game with with my friends and everything. I was a young kid, I was a young kid, and watching Roy Holiday pitch that perfect game was just mind-blowing. Of course, I know he was not on our team, of course, but still going to that has got to be a great moment in history that I got to witness, and I definitely cherish that, and, you know, it's definitely unforgettable.
2: Nick, you just stole my thunder, because that was my next uh, greatest moment uh-huh. in Morrowind's history. I guess we can agree on that one, can't we?
1: Yes, we can, and I know uh, we are kind of doing a little bit of a uh, kind of like a snake uh, draft here, kind of where you go, I go twice, and you go twice, and we kind of go back around, so I'm guessing I'll go uh, again. And go right my ahead, next Nicky, you've moment is when. Floor. All right, uh, I'm. A, I think my next moment is when Edison Volquez pitched the no hitter. The Miami Marlins definitely. Don Manley is uh known for pulling out pictures early. He doesn't really like for them to go to distance, which I totally understand, especially with Conley, because he had over 120 pitches in the seventh inning with a no hitter, and he decided to pull him out, which I totally respect. That's a great man, Joel. Um, that's a great manager move there but Edison Volk is getting a no hitter was definitely great against the Diamondbacks and i remember watching that game and I was going crazy and it was the I think it was the first no second or first no hitter of the MLB season and I was, I was, it was a great moment I got to witness I wasn't at the game unfortunately but I was definitely there um, watching it on TV and that was a great moment to witness
2: I agree with you on that one Nick that was a fantastic moment but I'm going to go right into my, one of my favorites, and that's the 2003 World Series versus the Yankees, which, of course, the Marlins had won. Here, here are the Marlins. They are going for their second title. Yankees, what did they have, 26, 27 titles to that point? And mm-hmm. uh, it okay. was David versus Goliath. And at the time, when I was married, my wife at, at the time was a big-time Yankees fan. And, of course, I grew up in New York, originally moving down to South Florida as a young boy, so I was a Yankee fan as well. But when the Marlins came into play, I immediately became a Marlins fan. So we had the argument going and going and going and going. And then one day I came into the house, and there was a line drawn in the middle of the house. And my wife said to me at the time, you cross over here, you root for the Yankees. I said, you cross over here, you root for the Marlins. And guess what? Neither one of us crossed the line. Well, I got the victory because the Marlins won. And as far as I'm concerned, if the Yankees were great, the Marlins have a future. They will be better than the Yankees' all-time record at one point. And mark my words, with the, with the work of Derek Jeter and his staff and what they're planning to do, we are going to create a dynasty down here, and it's all because of the Yankees versus the Marlins. It's just as simple as that in the 2003 World Series.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great story to share with us, very Thank you for sharing with us. But, yeah, going into uh, building a dynasty down here, of course, it's going to be definitely tough to compete in the NL East, and not even the Yankees. Of course, the Yankees are in the AL and they're competing with their people in their division, their guys in their division. Um, You know, the NL East is stacked and Harper's leaving. We don't know if he's going to come back, because the Phillies have shown a a lot of interest in coming to and, of course, pursuing Harper to come to the Phillies. Uh, Barry, can we get your thoughts about how you think Miami, what year do you think Miami will be competing in, and what year do you think that we are going to be you know, relevant, and we are going to be in the playoff hunting.
2: We're going to start being relative, uh, relevant by 2020, 2021 at the absolute latest. Uh, you're going to see uh, a more of an infusion of dollars into this team. You have already created rookies that are now real pros. You'll be able to go out and get the stars that are available as free agents. Miami will become a destination for players that are free agents. So look for the Marlins, 2020-2021. They are going to be a team to contend with. It's coming. Mark my words.
1: Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, guys, we are down to the two-minute warning here. We should go over some last-minute things here. Uh, You know, we went over JT, greatest moments in history. Got two great interviews today. Definitely a great show today. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Marlins are going to be, I, in my opinion, the Marlins will be competing in 2020. And above that, I think the Marlins have a young, talented roster. I know everyone thinks that we a the laughing stock of the MLB, but, you know, in a few years they won't be laughing anymore. And I'm telling you that this team is going to be ready to go very, very, very shortly. And I just believe that the team is really, you know, they're ready to go. But, yeah. Uh, this is actually going to conclude our fifth episode of the Mullen Catch. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, great episode once again. We're really out of trust. Really had a great role with you guys. Um, you know, I love coming on here every Monday night, talking to everybody, doing the podcast, especially with Barry. I'm um, glad we have so many listeners in. We are trying to get uh, some players on for next week. And I'm not going to say the names yet. I don't want to get you guys too excited, but it's looking good. And so I'm going to keep that a little bit of a secret, but if we do land him, this would be very, very big. You know, of course, having Dan Straley on here, Jeff Brigham, Pablo Lopez, Chris O'Grady, having all those guys on there, Mackenzie Mills. Uh, it's definitely been great, and hopefully we get these two guys on here. But we are going to close out today. Uh, Barry, you want to say your close-out speech, and then I will finish it off right after that.
2: Well, before I close it out, the money for the Marlins in 2020 and 2021 is going to come from a new radio and television uh, uh, deal that they'll be signing because their deal is coming up, and uh, they're they're going to have to pay to get the Marlins on their broadcast. I look forward though to next week's show. It's going to be exciting. Today's show was fantastic. Uh, we love having the Marlins players and former player on with us today. And it only gets better from here, guys. So, look out for our next show on the Marlins Catch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And definitely. And, you know, I do I do think that, you know, having these guys on here is also a big whoop for us. And, yes, 2020, we will be getting a new TV deal for the fish. But, yes, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys tune in next Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You guys definitely do not want to miss it. And have a great night.
6: Marlins Catch is produced by Benson Vector. The Marlin's Catch is a production of the baseball podcast network. Be sure to give our host Nick a follow on Instagram at Marlins Double underscore news and follow the Marlin's Catch on Instagram as well at the Marlins Catch. For more of the Marlins Catch content, be sure to head over to their website at themarlinscatch.com. And to check out the Baseball Podcast Network on their website, go to baseballpodcastnet.com. Be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram, at baseballpodcastnet. Twitter, at baseballpodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at and and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to The modern Catch. We'll see you next time.